0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. It's the Cleveland Indians 4, the Cincinnati Reds 2. The Cleveland Indians tie up the series 1-1, and we move back to Cleveland to finish off this four-game Ohio Cup series. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played and it took a little bit to get going last night, but we finally got something enjoyable from this Cleveland Indians offense. We got a rally, and we got a big home run. So let's break it down. Let's take a look at the action and see how we got to this 4-2 final. Now, the Cincinnati Reds did their damage early. In the first inning, the third batter of the game, Nick Castellanos, Got a big home run off Shane Bieber. Some thought it couldn't be done that Shane Bieber would give up a run all season, but Castellanos put up the first home run against him, put the first run against Shane Bieber on the board, and that dude is red hot right now. It was his only hit of the game. He did strike out twice. It was an inside fastball that didn't miss by much. I think that they were calling it for a little higher and a little tighter, and it was a little bit lower down by the hands. But he definitely have to pull it. He definitely had to pull his hands through quickly, and a credit goes to Cassianos there because it was a it was a pretty uh, incredible piece of hitting to be able to turn on that fastball and uh, rifle it out to center field like that. So that's how the first run comes across the board. Then in the fourth inning, it's in Suarez's turn, and he had been really struggling. And this time, Bieber just put a fastball down the middle. That's They just creeped back over the middle. And Suarez finally was able to drive one. And uh, he had frozen, Bieber had frozen a couple of guys. He had frozen Winker. He had frozen Freddy Galvis with fastballs. So it didn't, it didn't look like, maybe if it was on the outside corner, it would have frozen. But it was definitely right down the middle. And Suarez is a power hitter and knows what to do with pitches like that even though he's been struggling. So that is how the two runs come across for Cincinnati. For the Indians, things don't get going until the seventh inning. And what a strange seventh inning it was. So for Emil Reyes, reaches on a fielding error by shortstop Freddie Galvis, which it's hard to do. I mean, Galvis made some pretty incredible stops in this game. He's kind of a vacuum out there at shortstop. Bradley Zimmer walks. Luplo strikes out swinging. Sandy Leone flies out to Cassianos. Oscar Mercado then walks with two outs to load the bases. And here's, right, here's what we need. If you want a rally to happen, a two-out rally is huge. It's huge for an offense. Cesar Hernandez comes up, chops a ball to first baseman Joey Vado, and just flies down the line. Threw it into an extra gear with about four steps left. And beats the pitcher to the bag. The pitcher was fumbling for the bag. And it didn't even come up with the ball cleanly. So he probably would have been safe anyways. But he beats him to the bag. Vermeer Reyes scores from third. Everybody moves up a base. And the Indians get on the board. And they get a two-out RBI hit. New pitcher comes in. Lucas Sims replaces Pedro Strope, And Jose Ramirez actually draws a full count. The pressure's on. What Sim's gonna do? He spikes one in the dirt, basically. Uh, Ramirez (laughs) Ramirez made this look on his face like he was waiting to be challenged, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll take my walk," and brings in Bradley Zimmer to score, so the Indians tie it up. Unfortunately, Francisco Lindor then grounds out Tovado to end the threat. But we had a little bit of a rally there, and that's what I was something I was talking about. I was talking to my brother about this. I. I want to see a rally. You know, home runs are great, but I want to see a rally. That's how I know this offense will be cooking. So it's a 2-2 game, and then in the top of the eighth inning, the Indians do their damage. Carlos Santana walks to lead off the inning after uh, swinging badly at the first pitch. Again, Santana is just trying to crush the ball right now. He draws a walk, huge, and then from Reyes comes up, and gets a fastball that creeps back towards the middle and finally delivers the big home run we knew was waiting inside for Mio Reyes. Drives it out to just right of center field, which is kind of his sweet spot. He loves right center. He loves going opposite field. But we'll take a look at that in a second and see, does he really love opposite field as much as everyone says he does? Drives it out. It's the big home run, 4-2, to and that's all the Indians needed that's how they finish this game four to two. Let's take a little bit of a look at the pitching because even though there were a couple of runs given up by Shane Bieber, the pitching was pretty fantastic. He moves to three and zero on the season. He goes seven and two thirds, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. His ERA creeps up to only 0.83. So he's still looking pretty impeccable on the season. And how was he getting those strikeouts? Today, it was all about what they're calling the knuckle curve and the fastball. And the knuckle curve looks like a changeup coming in, and then the bottom just falls out on it. A couple inches before the plate, the bottom just falls out on it. It's an incredible pitch, and these guys were flailing at it. Uh, Pitches in the dirt. You could see they were trying to hold back. You could see in a couple of their swings, they, they they were bending at the knees just to try to make contact, just to try to hit a ground ball. And they were swinging and missing. And then once that's working, like I said, to Jesse Winker and to Freddie Galvis, he just freezes them with fastballs. Fastballs, I believe it was down and into Winker, and I believe it was away to Freddie Galvis. And they both knew it. They both turned kind of in disgust and just walked away. There was no argument or there was no look at the umpire because they knew they were absolutely frozen by the pitch sequencing that Shane Bieber is throwing at them right now. So here's the other fun thing about Shane Bieber starting. He throws 106 pitches, 10 ground balls, 10 ground ball outs, no fly outs. In fact, there were no fly outs given up by Cleveland Indian pitching on the night. There were a couple of line drives to center field, and there were a couple pop-ups on the infield. But uh, 10 outs were by strikeout. 10 outs were by ground ball and no flyouts. I think that's pretty incredible. the fact that even if these guys were making contact on that knuckle curve or on the fastball, they're just beating it into the ground to our infielders. So that is pretty impressive from Shane Bieber. So you go seven and two thirds. Karen check comes in for the hold in the eighth inning and gets a big strikeout in the eighth inning. After uh, Joey Votto singled, I guess, you know, Shane Bieber's already up over 100 pitches. He got a guy on base now. Instead of making him work out of the stretch, he brings in check and he gets Castellanos called out on strikes. He actually threw him three curveballs in a row, and Castellanos couldn't do anything with him. It was pretty nasty pitching. So everybody on Indians Twitter is going, is he going to leave him in for the four-out save? And You know, is is check going into the ninth? Nope he brings in Brad hand and I'm sure everybody in Cleveland collectively held their breath, but I got to say Brad hand actually did pretty good. He gets Cal farmer to line out to Greg Allen. He gets a Suarez to pop out first and then pinch hitter. Cause Jesse Winker is really struggling. Matt Davidson comes in and he gets him called out on strikes with a high, tight fastball right at the letter's. And punches him out to end the game. And Brad Hand looked pumped up and looked a little revitalized by this outing. Now, I know a few days ago I said that, you know, Hand really had us worried. Maybe he needed to move into more of a relief role. And Karen check maybe it's time for him to take over the closer role. I think we'll see. I think we'll see these guys bounce back and forth. Maybe it'll be a little situational. Maybe there'll be a couple lefties up in the eighth inning, and he'll bring hand in the eighth and check in the ninth. Maybe the opposite. He'll bring check in the eighth and hand in the ninth. So we'll see. I mean, it's Sandy Lamar who was making the call yesterday, and Sandy decided to go with Hand. Obviously, Sandy, from working with the catchers, also has been working with the pitchers and it has a pretty good understanding of the pitchers he has. So we'll see if Sandy Alomar is calling the shots or if Terry Francona is back in the dugout tomorrow. At this point, we just want Terry Francona to get better, right? He's had GI problems. So in this crazy season, it's more important that he's healthy and he's feeling better. And Sandy Alomar, I I think it's really interesting him taking over in the interim manager role while He's while uh, Terry Francona is getting these medical treatments, it's really interesting to see if eventually medical things will kind of cause Terry Francona to retire, and if Sandy Alomar is the manager-in-waiting. I don't think anybody in Cleveland would complain about that. And I think we're all glad that Sandy Alomar hasn't been scooped up by another team. So uh, that, that'll be interesting. Maybe it'll be... Who It could be as early as next year. I mean, you never know. With medical things, you never know. So we hope... The best for Terry Francona if he's the manager for the next five years that's great if he retires because of medical problems and rides off into the sunset it will have been worth it and we have Sandy Alomar in waiting so that'll be very interesting there's a few other interesting at bats here uh, Carlos Santana like I said he's swinging for the fences right now and in the uh, sixth inning in the top of the sixth inning the Indians didn't do much Uh, jose ramirez pops out francisco lindor pops out santana comes up and every broadcaster thought that santana had hit a home run he he turned on a fastball drove it out to right field the problem was it was a fastball that was high in a way and he hit it kind of off the end of the bat so it made a crack and everybody thought it jumped and everyone thought it was gone but it was just a fly out to right field And I'm telling you, Carlos Santana, I know you're not listening to me, but use the whole field. If he goes to left center with that, right? If he puts an easier swing on that and takes it up the middle left center, he has a double, an easy double. He, He had the fastball. He was locked in on the fastball. He just did the wrong thing with it. So Carlos Santana really needs to stop trying to be a home run hitter in the four spot, and he just needs to be a base hitter in the four hole. We want, let Vermil Reyes swing for the fences behind him. We need Santana to be an on-base guy, a hit guy, keep innings going guy, drive-in runs guy. And and the home runs will come because of that. So that was one at-bat that I definitely wanted to talk about, and we want to see that guy get more locked in. Looking at the rest of the box score, uh, Hernandez had that big hit in his RBI. That was his only on-base in the game. He's still he's still doing good at the top of the lineup. He didn't get his two on bases this day, but we'll see what he does tomorrow. He's been doing pretty good with that as far as the season goes. He's hitting 293 with a 724 OPS. So he's getting on base. Jose Ramirez has the RBI with two walks. He's he's also struggling at the plate. He had some strikeout, he had a strikeout. But at least he's walking and getting on base. Lindor was 0 for 4. Santana was 0 for 3. He did have a walk. Famil Reyes with the big hit, two runs, two RBIs, and you know what? I'm calling it right now before I forget about it. Famil Reyes, definitely the MVP for a day, and we're about to dig in a little deeper on Famil Reyes' batting. Bradley Zimmer, no hits, but two walks. Okay, at least Zim is getting on base. He's only hitting 227, but a 743 OPS. Because of those walks, it's keeping his OPS and his on-base percentage up. We got to get Zimmer hitting, though. We got to get that short swing working again for him. Luplo continues 0 for 4. He still hasn't gotten a hit on the year. He struck out twice. Greg Allen did come in defensively for him late in the game. Sandy Leon nothing, and Mercado got another oscar mercado single another nice single up the middle it was his only hit he walked he was on base twice so he kind of he needs to take the same approach cesar hernandez is taking just get on base twice do it just get on base and good things will happen all right, that is it for the Indians. Uh, the pitching from uh, the Reds was pretty good from their starter, Mahal. He went six innings. He only gave up one hit. No one runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. So Mahal was kind of dominating. It's once we got into that Reds bullpen that we were able to do some damage. And that might be the secret going forward for these next two day, games is work this starting pitcher, try to work some walks, try to work some some rallies, get some guys on base, and see if we can get this starter out so that we can really damage this Reds bullpen. Because uh, the Indians pit, are pitching good enough right now that they can handle that. And our bullpen is pitching good enough that they can win a battle of bullpens right now. So like I said, let's take a look at Fermil uh, Reyes. And I wanted to take a look at his spray charts. And Fangraphs is lucky enough they have some really good data on here for us. This is Vermeule race's spray chart by both hit type and by batted ball. And this is over his whole career. This is 2018 to 2020, so not just with the Indians. But if you look at his spray chart, he actually hits home runs to all parts of the field. He's got plenty to left field, left center, not much to dead center, and then he's got a... Sp- a bunch over in right center and right field so he really does spray those home runs all over same thing with his doubles uh we got blue dots all over the outfield down the line in left field down the line in right field and his singles he hits a lot of singles to left and left center and he does pull the ball a lot because a lot of his outs are made to third base and shortstop a lot of ground outs to third base and shortstop And his fly balls are also, just like his home runs are spread out, his fly balls are spread out all over the outfield, his fly ball outs. So looking at his spray chart, he actually doesn't go to right center as much as you think. And like I said, looking at his batted balls type, so this is home runs, ground balls, fly balls, line drives, bloopers. And his ground balls are all to the left side. He's hitting the third base and shortstop. When he's grounding out, it's going to the left side. But his fly balls, his line drives are spread out. There are red dots all over that outfield. There's blue dots all over that outfield for fly balls. And there's black dots all over that outfield for home runs. So as much as, I mean, if I'm defensively shifting against Fermil Reyes here, I'm definitely shifting my infield over towards third base, right? I'm bringing my second baseman about as tight to the bag as I can, playing my shortstop deep in the hole. And my outfield, though, I'm keeping my outfield straight away. He can put that ball anywhere in the outfield. So don't think that Fermil Reyes is just an opposite field hitter. He can put that ball anywhere. Well, he can take any pitch and hit it into a home run or a fly ball or a line drive in that outfield. So that's actually good to see. That's a nice, balanced approach to his home run hitting, to his fly ball hitting. So there you go. That is Femmeel Reyes and kind of how he spreads the ball around the field. So I know, look, we're all thinking it. We're all hoping it. We're all hoping that this awakens the Cleveland Indians offense, right? That Femmeel Reyes' big home run is the slump buster that this team needs. They'll get their chance tomorrow. And like I said, these times are bouncing around. It's a 7-10 start. They're going to be facing for the Reds. TJ Antone who looks like he's a rookie pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds yep he's only had one he's only pitched in one game he went 4.1 innings and it wasn't even a start so maybe it was one of the the like opener games where someone pitched before him and then he came in uh, but he pitched great in his one in his one game he gave up one hit a home run. Uh, Through 69 pitches, five strikeouts, one walk. So we will see. I mean, uh, he was a fifth-round pick for the Cincinnati Reds. So we will see. He's a righty, so expect those lefties in there. Uh, Expect Zimmer to stay in there. We'll see if they bring Domingo Santana back or if he sticks with as many left-handers as he can in other outfielders in that lineup. So we'll see if Daniel Johnson maybe gets another chance. I know Tyler Naquin's not ready yet. I'm I'm waiting for Tyler Naquin to come back. I think he's going to be a big help to this offense, especially against these right-handed pitchers. So we will see. And then going for the Indians is Clevenger. And Clevenger's got to be wanting to get back on that mound after his performance in Minnesota. You know he's itching to pitch, especially against the Reds. So his friend, uh, even though he's not pitching against them, Trevor Bauer will be sitting in that opposing dugout staring at him. You know it's going to be a battle. In fact, the Indians aren't even going to see Trevor Bauer. I guess unless he, he must have pitched the game before. So uh, Castillo is going in the final game against Carrasco. So the Indians might not see Trevor Bauer in this whole four-game set, which, I mean, would have been fun, but Trevor Bauer is a great pitcher, so if we can avoid him... Uh, Maybe it's for the best for this offense. So that is your matchup tomorrow. Antone versus Clevenger. It's a seven o'clock start and we are back at home back in Cleveland. And uh, we'll see. uh, We'll see if the cardboard cutouts in Cleveland can inspire the Indians to uh, those silly cardboard cutouts in the, uh, in the stands can inspire the Cleveland Indians to keep this offense going and keep beating up on this reds bullpen. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cincinnati. It's your Cleveland Indians 4, the Cincinnati Reds 2. We'll be back tomorrow to cover that game against the Reds back home. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on the air. We've already done this for listeners Jeff and for Steve, and we appreciated their calls. Call in. Let me know your thoughts on the game. It's so easy. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings. We'll respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.